Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Last week, we journeyed with Jesus through the Gospels in relationship to Father God. Jesus promised his disciples that his Father will be our Father. He said he would pray for all disciples to come into this revelation and oneness with him. The same oneness that exists between God the Son and God the Father. This oneness is not something that can be manufactured. It is not something that can be earned or deserved. It is a work of the Holy Spirit, a gift from God our Father, through believing and receiving Jesus Christ, his Son. This oneness is for every disciple of Jesus. Everyone that has answered the call of yes, Lord, yes. Answered the call when Jesus said, come, follow me. This oneness is the will of our Father and was spoken into existence by Jesus. The voice who said, let there be light, and there was light. So let us read the prayer that Jesus prayed over every disciple before he went to the cross. John chapter 17 verses 20 to 23 I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The Father and the Son are one. Even though Jesus had taken on human form, he was still 100% divine. God the Father and God the Son, and as Jesus said, that they, which is us, also may be one in us. And the word us in the original text that has been translated as us is a singular plural word. So let us view this from the perspective of identity. And the first time this word that has been translated as us was used in the New Testament is in the Gospel of Matthew. In the context of God becoming one of us, becoming human and coming to live with us us being the collective humanity. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. 
Jesus uses the exact same word when referring to the oneness of himself with our Father. Oneness for every disciple. One with God, and as a result, one with each other. A perfect love relationship of total oneness. Jesus was, is, and always will be one with God the Father. Let us take a moment to look at the context of Jesus' prayer. It is at that moment in time when he knew his hour had come. He knew he would have to endure the greatest suffering of all humanity. He would take upon his human flesh all the cost of evil and humanity's selfish desires. As a result, defeat death and give eternal life to all who are willing to receive his sacrifice of himself. As he is fully divine, still wrapped up in human flesh and blood, he knew what was before him. He knew what he would experience. And fast forward to that moment on the cross. Knowing the oneness Jesus has with our Father, we can receive a greater revelation of God's love and the enormity of his sacrifice by viewing it through his eyes. In addition to the physical torture, Jesus endured the deepest mental anguish known to humanity, culminating with a spiritual victory remaining one with the Father. God is greater than any offence, any darkness, any shame, and any curse. Yet Jesus cried out on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Out of the personal agony of identifying with humanity's anguish and shame, Jesus quotes the cry of the psalmist David, and remembering the psalms are humanity's expression to God. This is how King David felt. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. Psalm 22 is a psalm that declares much about the shame of humanity. It reveals the horrific situation of agony, mocking, and impending death. Jesus identifies with it all, and every detail is fulfilled at the cross. Let us read some of these verses. Again, Psalm 22 and verses 7 to 8. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. And verses 15 to 18. 
My strength is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. In verses 3 to 5, the psalmist testifies that God is holy and delivered the people of Israel. And in verse 24, he testifies that God has not hidden his face from the afflicted and that God hears the cry of the afflicted. God, in fact, delivers the afflicted. Let us read verse 24. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. Throughout Psalm 22, the psalmist also declares God's faithfulness, deliverance and power to save. Through God's deliverance, there will be a global turning to God, proclaiming a rightness and justice over them. Let us read verses 26 to 27. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. And the conclusion to Psalm 22 is in verse 31. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. The conclusion of the psalmist is that God has done this. God has brought salvation. And in quoting Psalm 22, verse 1, Jesus not only aligns himself with the plight of humanity, but testifies that God has never forsaken humanity. It is humanity that has forsaken God. The crucifixion of Jesus is proof of the brokenness and depravity of humanity without God. It is also the proof and testimony of God's unconditional love, amazing grace and faithfulness. Jesus quoted in the ears of the Jews who knew the scriptures. Jesus and the Father are one. It is because of God's great love that he chose to identify himself with humanity, so humanity could identify themselves with God, so we could believe and receive the enormity of his sacrifice and the fullness of him. God himself became the saviour of humanity. Yet before all this guilt, shame and suffering on behalf of humanity that Jesus underwent, he knew that this time was coming. It was time for him to lay down his life. But he turns his attention to us. And he prays for all humanity. 
for it is for humanity that he came. Yes, he prayed for even those who don't know him and who will never receive him. Jesus' objective is that the world may believe that he was sent by the Father out of his great love, the Father's great love, to be one with him, one with the Father. Jesus looked into eternity and he prayed for us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. One God, one mission, one heart, one love. He is creatively diverse and expresses himself in so many different ways, yet totally one. The oneness and richness of diversity and expression is to be evident in the body of Christ, in his disciples. Imagine a tapestry that in itself is complete. Yet within the whole is the weaving of different colours and textures. They are brought together into one, completing each other. Many stories within the main story unfold. It is in this completion of the oneness that significance and purpose is realised. The tapestry is God's story. His story. The threads are each individual. Our story. His story in our story. Our story in his story. A true love story. The creator of the tapestry and all its threads, unique and colourful and diverse, is God. He has given each thread all of himself. His love and his glory. Let us read again verse 22 of John 17. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. Glory in this situation means dignity, honour, praise, splendour, and an exalted state. God gives his glory. Why? Because God so loves. The oneness of the living God challenges the world belief and everything alienated against God. As his love is perfect, and it is pure, and it is perfected in us, so we can live in the reality of his transforming power. Then the world will see him. The world will know him by our love, our love for each other, as in his love in us. Now is the time for the body of Christ to surrender all differences, misunderstandings, misinterpretations and selfish desires. Let our Father's will be done in and through our lives, together as one. Jesus' prayer is for every disciple as we live in this world damaged by evil. It is for us today. 
Jesus declares why we are made complete by being one in him and the Father. So that the world may believe that the Father sent the Son. Know the love of the Father through the Son. Believe who God is and receive what he has done in the Son. God's desire is that we choose to receive the fullness of him. Receive his sacrifice and victory, his spirit and his fruit, his dominion and his kingdom, his identity and inheritance, his light and cleansing, his love and forgiveness, his honour and lordship. Receive and be one with everything of who he is. Jesus has made the Father known to us. John chapter 17, verses 24 to 26. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. God's heart breaks for the lost and the found who are not surrendered to his will because they're not living in his transforming power. Jesus declared over his disciples, every disciple, that he has given his glory and that he dwells within. He is in us and we in him. We are made perfect in one with the Father and each other. Jesus said, may the love of God be in us. It is this revelation of God's love for us that we love him. When we believe Jesus is God who became flesh, as we abide in him and he in us, surrendering to his will, growing in him, receiving from him, we are transformed by his spirit in love. Nothing in this world has a hold over us because no matter what we say or think, God still loves. It is in his love in us, out of a revelation of his love for us, that we, in turn, love him. We love him because he first loved us. His love for others in us becomes the witness of him that the world will see. They will not be able to deny the living God in us. He will complete the good work in us and bring into reality the oneness of his love and glory, so that the world may know him. Amen. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.